You're listening to the Morning Punchin' Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. Good morning, Jay. Are you there? I am here. <laughs> Good morning. Hey, everybody. It's RB and Jay. This is the Morning Punch and Show, the most honest and authentic morning boxing talk show on the game today. Tuesday, April 18th, 2017. Our special guest on the hotline bling today is sports reporter, host, and commentator covering boxing worldwide for top rank, Christina Poncher. And, of course, we have Jake Donovan, Jake's take today. And let me properly introduce my co-host, my ace, my partner in crime, Jay LaBeouf from Inglewood. How you doing, Jay? I'm good, Michelle. What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Coming to you on a Tuesday. You know we couldn't start the week off without another episode of the Morning Punching Show. You got to spend it with your girls to start the week off right. But another week of boxing, a busy fight week. We've got the triple header happening out here in Los Angeles, and we'll talk to Christina more about that. I'll be attending that. we got the fight going on back east with Sean Porter and Andre Berto. So another busy mm. fight week. And another opportunity for us all to get together on Twitter and argue. So if you want to talk to us yeah. this morning, make sure you call us at 718-508-9842. You know, we're not boxing fans if we're not arguing with each other. The only time we're unified in a, in our disgust is when people like Tor Hamer retire on the stool. We were all together that <laughs> night. Yeah, like Jay said, big, big fight weekend coming up. She'll be in L.A. covering the big top-ranked pay-per-view card. I will probably be watching uh, Porter and Berto, so make sure you're following both of us to keep up with both events. Uh, we're going to start today with Jake Donovan. We're going to talk about some fights that happened over the weekend, and we definitely want to touch on a hot topic uh, that was announced last week, which was that Spike TV, uh, their deal with PBC has reached a conclusion. So we're going to talk mm. to Jake more about that and what that means and why it's over because we feel like Spike had some of the best PBC cards, don't we, Jay? I did. I enjoyed a number of cards that I saw on Spike. Uh, I enjoyed some of the cards with Broner. There were were a few, of course, with any fight. No fight is perfect, but I saw a number of cards that I enjoyed on Spike, so I was pretty surprised that they pulled the plug on that particular outlet. So we'll let Jakey Jakey get more into that. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll, we'll have some in case you missed it topics. We're going to talk about Canelo Chavez a little bit um, and some other good word on the curve that I actually got this morning. But, Jay, I believe Jake Donovan is on the line. Yes, he is. Jakey, 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 Jakey. You're rocking with the Morning Punching Show with RB and Jay, and now it's time for Jake's Take. Jakey, 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 Jakey. Hey. <laughs> Hey, hey, good morning, RB and Jay. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. All right, throwing off what my you doing, Jake? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah, this Tuesday stuff got me thrown off a little bit, but I'm ready to roll. I know. I think we're all a little <laughs> thrown off, but that's okay. We had so many people hitting us up yesterday, like, where are you girls at? Where are you guys at? Where's Jake? And, you know, I had this big press conference in North Carolina, but we definitely yes. 
want to make sure that we talk to everybody every single week, whether we got to move it back a day or two. But anyway, there were some big fights this past weekend, Jake. We want to breeze through those, but then we definitely want to get your take on the Spike TV deal that has reached its conclusion with PBC. But I want to start off talking about the Burns fight uh, versus Indongo and how that fight has now affected the 140-pound division. Yeah, I mean, uh, Julius Ndongo is just wreaking havoc on the 140-pound division. You know, last year he goes to Moscow and, you know, scores a, a spectacular one-punch knockout of uh, Edward Trinovsky to, you know, to just emerge as a, as a titleist. Then he goes to Glasgow, Scotland, to Ricky Burns' hometown and snatches another, you know, two fights, two titles for uh, Julius Ndongo. He's, you know, he's, he's really shaking stuff up at 140 pounds. Uh, Terrence Crawford is, of course, the, uh, the lineal, you know, world champion in the division. So everyone's looking at that unification next because it's going to be, you know, five belts at stake if you count the IBO. Of course, with titles comes mandatory uh, obligations. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, you know, uh, Terrence has his own business to take care of on May 20th with Felix Diaz first. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Dongo is already looking at, um, he's got a mandatory challenge versus Sergei Lipinets of Russia. So, uh, right, yeah, that's, that's a hell of a fight. I mean, Lipinets is another one of those, you know, can fight badasses. He just wants to fight the world, and you know he, he's ready for his title shot right now. You know his people have already told me they're not willing to step aside. They they want that fight next. They earned it with uh, you know the knockout over Lenny Z last year, and then he had another fight in March just to allow this unification about to take place. And he's saying he's got next. If Ndongo wants to go to other business, you know leave the IBF title at the door because he's fighting for that IBF title. But he wants to fight Julius Ndongo. He doesn't want a vacant title. He wants to fight a legit champ, and then he wants to fight Terence Crawford right after that. I don't see Lou being okay with the step aside either. Isn't Lipinets mm-hmm. with Lou DiBella? Uh, yes, Lipinets is with Lou DiBella. He actually signed with him, I believe, before Lipinets even signed with PBC. So he's a legit mm-hmm. Lou DiBella, DiBella entertainment fighter. Not that mm-hmm. Lou is this, you know, quote-unquote champ promoter that people try to insist everyone in the PBC circuit is. But Lou is absolutely going to, you know, step up and fight for Lipinets. But, you know, Lipinets is going to get that title shot one way or another. So uh, there's a lot going on. I mean, you got to love it. You know, the 140-pound division looked like it was starting to fall off when everyone was moving up to welterweight. But it's fully loaded right now. I mean, there's a lot of really good fights that are going to be coming up in the next year. You know, um, I have to say that there was a little bit of hypocrisy on social media with this whole Ndongo and Crawford. And, you know, it's funny how for certain fighters, all the belts matter. Right? right? All the belts, all the belts. But when it comes to Terrence, oh, he shouldn't fight him. Oh, he ain't this. He ain't. I'm like, why is it okay yeah. for certain fighters to want all the belts, but not other guys? Yeah, I don't get that. I don't get the whole movement where, oh, you know, why did, you know, Terrence Crawford has to move up to 147 pounds. I mean, I feel like if Twitter was around 30 years ago, Aaron Pryor's, you know, 140-pound reign would have never been appreciated. You know, like, why is he, you know, why is he forcing Sugar Ray Leonard to fight? How come he's not forcing Sugar Ray Leonard out of retirement? You know, why yeah. are these guys trying to break records? It's like, why shouldn't Terrence Crawford try to clean house at 140-pound division? You know, we've talked about it on the show. I personally why think he's not? the most talented fighter in the world. Okay. I mean, he needs these fights to prove he's, the, you know, the pound for pound best in the world. Cleaning out 140-pound division right now, I mean, that would make Terrence Crawford the best in the world. You know, if he has the opportunity, stick around. Why not wait for Mikey Garcia to move up and wait? If he can make 140 mm-hmm. pounds, I, don't, I see no reason why Terrence Crawford should move up anytime soon. That's right. That's right. I read, <laughs> I, I read something, I believe it was on Boxing Scene, uh, that Eddie Hearn said that Burns can actually still come back from this loss and that an Adrian Broner fight is still out there. And I'm like, wow, how convenient. <laughs> Like, right. we get Broner Burns now. Really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. these two guys just seem to walk ass backwards into, the, uh, you know, vacant titles. It's unbelievable. 
Um, Ricky Burns, I mean, he was done, was it, I, I want to say three years ago when he fought Dejan Zlatichinen. And Zlatichinen made him look silly. Actually, after mm-hmm. Terrence Crawford got done with Ricky. I mean, the fact that he got to fight for a vacant title doesn't mean that he's still championship caliber. I mean, he fought, you know, a very soft opponent to get that title, fought a very soft title challenger in his first defense, and then was made to look like the pastime fighter that he was, you know, against a a peak, you know, fighter in his peak like Ndongo. I mean, him fighting for any more titles, he should just, you know, he should have a couple more fights at home. And, you know, thinking about, you know, retirement tour right now. Ricky Burns is a fighter. He's scratched out a lot from his career, but he, he's, he has no business at the championship level anymore. And I don't want to hear about any more vacant titles. If they want to fool the fans over there, that's fine. But to me, Ricky Burns is no longer a top 10, 140-pound fighter. Yeah, you know, um, you hate to see fighters get retired in the ring. You hate to see right. the ring retire them. And that's what I think we're just going to start seeing a lot of. We just see too many fighters, you know, fighting past their prime. Yes. Yeah. Bad. Just to take and just to take up space too. Some of these matchups are irreverent because these dudes are clearly past their prime. That's why they want people like Terrence Crawford to move up to satisfy whatever bloodthirst that they need. Terrence ain't moving oh, of up. Of course, yeah, yeah no, and of course. And if, if Terrence Crawford and Ndongo fight, I mean they're going to bank on it. Well, they're going to have to give up at least one title, and that's exactly what guys like Ricky Burns and I hate to say it, but Adrian Broner are looking for. I mean, because that's right. the only way they're going to win a title these days. You know, that's I mean, right. if Burns and Broner want to fight as, like, you know, some sideshow, that's fine. I mean, it's a great spectacle whether Burns comes over here and fights him in Cincinnati or Broner goes over there and fights in Scotland. But, you know, other than that, that that's not a title fight. Don't, I don't care what that is. That's, that's not a title. It has no business being a title fight. Julian Bongo and Terrence Crawford are the only two uh, champions at 140 pounds as far as I'm concerned. Or even as it pertains to somebody like Lomachenko, everybody has already anointed him as the greatest thing on planet Earth. If he's so dominant, move up. Yes. It's, exactly, the same, right. it's the same train of thought, but, you know, exactly, yeah. we, we, we digress. We digress. Right. We digress. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, the hot topic that we want to talk yeah. to you about today, Jake, and get your take is that the Spike TV deal with PBC has reached a conclusion. And let me just, you know, add to this that this series was launched in 2015. We were <laughs> promised, you know, over 33 cards. And I think it lasted for about 17 or 18 cards. And Spike and the PBC had a two-year agreement. And I guess it just didn't get through to the third year. And the reasonings are that they just weren't as committed to boxing. I think they wanted to put more support into the Bellator MMA series. And they just weren't all that satisfied with the quality of cards. Her Spike. But then, like, a couple days later, somebody from Spike's like, oh, no, we're still talking to Heyman. We're very (laughs) satisfied. So what's the real deal? Okay. It sounded like, you know, I mean, Dan Raphael, you know, credit him, uh, senior writer for ESPN, he he got a whiff of, you know, what was going on between uh, PBC and Spike, and he jumped out on the story first. He got the uh, the quote from Spike TV saying that the, the deal ran out. And the way Dan wrote the story, they made it seem like it was dead in the water. So Michael Woods, I believe, came back a couple of days later. I don't know if he was just looking for an opposite viewpoint from Dan. I know the two of them don't get along very well. But it sounded like damage control from Spike TV, where they didn't want to make it seem like it was dead in the water, you know, that, the, you know, there's some future business. I know they are talking. I think where PBC ran into trouble. Uh-oh, did we lose Jake? Uh-oh. Yeah, we lost him. He uh-huh. dropped his call. He'll be right back. Okay. Why don't we take a little quick commercial break and give him a chance to dial back in? 
Okay. If you want the best, Box Stats beats the rest. Box Stats is the best boxing app for all you boxing enthusiasts and professional boxers. Perform a quick search and get all the info you want and need. Box Stats available on the Apple App Store. Download it for free today. Box Stats, know your opponent. Welcome back, Jakey Jakey. <laughs> they pulled my mic. I can't believe it. <laughs> the hacker. The no, hacker. I'm, just I'm sorry, but yeah, just picking back up on the, the spike in PBC. Where PBC jumped the gun was, um, I guess they believed the third year was going to be picked up. That was, you know, the optional third year. So they announced the nine dates in advance. Good thing they didn't announce any shows because Spike decided, you know what, we're not going to pick up that third year. They are trying to revisit. I know they're trying to find a way to bring boxing back on Spike because I'm looking at the Bellator numbers like they had from last Friday. And at, they're barely comparable to a mid-level um, PBC on Spike show. So mm. maybe it's a matter of they get more money from advertising than what PBC was paying for the timeshare, plus, you know, whatever Spike was kicking in for the, for the moderate license fee. But right. I do believe boxing will be back on Spike. It is not dead in the water, but, I mean, there won't be PBC on Spike season three, at least not <laughs> in the immediate future for 2017. But right. there is a good chance boxing will resurface back on Spike TV. And I want to kick it off to a few other series. Everyone is claiming that PBC on NBC is dead. That is not, in fact, true. NBC will be bringing back boxing later this year to finish out its business with PBC. And whether or not PBC is along for the ride, here's a little bit of word on the curb. NBC mm-hmm. will be in the boxing business in two, 2018 and beyond. So uh, it doesn't necessarily with, limit. Is that with PBC or is that open all promoters? It's with anyone that they see fit, but they want to remain in the boxing business. I think they have an idea of Ooh. who they want to work with. I'm not sure it's going to be exclusive to PBC or maybe not even including PBC, but they will be in the boxing business. There's going to be afternoon shows and primetime shows in 2018. You heard it here Jake, first. You... I'm like Greg Leon in 2004. You heard it here first. <laughs> okay, Deep Throat. I got a quick question for you then since you're you spilling the tea this morning. Have you heard yes, anything ma'am. about the Richard Schaefer series? Now that we got this spot that's opening oh, up on yeah. Spike, have you heard anything going on with this big Richard Schaefer open to everybody mega tournament and get dates on that that is still in development i will say based on discussions that i I even tweeted about this last summer but based on discussions that i've had with people at nbc it seems like their intention was to kind of have richard chaffer series air on nbc so that's kind of what Mm. i was trying to tease him before so if once this thing gets off the ground if it does get stateside coverage we could very well see it on nbc being that shows that take place in europe and the u.s we'll see the europe shows on saturday afternoon and potentially the U.S. shows in prime time. But my belief, I don't have exact inside information, but my belief is that this series will wind up on NBC. I don't see Richard Schaefer and Sarah Lynn event investing that much money without any significant TV mm-hmm. package along for the ride. And Richard Schaefer, he's a smart man. He's, gonna, he's not going to announce stuff and then not have a plan already in place. You know, he's right. the type of guy, if he asks you a question, he already knows the answer. Right, so, right. Right, but um, the weight classes are actually still up in the air because they made it seem like Cruiserweight was going to be the weight class, but now it's looking like uh, 154-pound division might be one of the mix. So they're keeping things very guarded. I think they want this big reveal in June. So they're doing a good job of, you know, keeping the media at bay. Nice, nice. 154, that's a hot division. It's a lot of talent. Yeah, the weird thing is, though, I mean, with the series, they said they wanted to shine the light on divisions that weren't getting a lot of play. So that's what makes me think. It's like, well, maybe they think the 154-pound division is so hot that it needs more exposure. But, I mean, they're getting a lot of play, especially, you know, Showtime just sent out a press release, you know, yesterday saying how many 154-pound fights and, um, you know, the certain divisions they've been involved in. 154 has been very, very heavily featured on Showtime in the past, you know, year or so. So, you know, maybe they just want to give it more exposure, but I, it could just be, you know, a red herring as well. So I still think it's going to be cruiserweight and lightweight personally. 
But, you know, just based on the moves that Ringstar has been making. Excellent. Well, Jake, let me see if there's anything else that's coming up this week that we, oh, didn't get a chance to watch any fights this week. And, uh uh-oh, are they coming to get you? Are they telling you? (laughs) He's going in reverse. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) I want to say about one fight, though, that's developed. Um, I I want to plug uh, Clarissa Shields, the two-time Olympic gold medalist. You know, we're wondering once you turn pro, like, what, what is she going to take a stand for? It's like, you know, mm. all these, you know, female boxers, they feel like they have to stand for something. Well, Clarissa Shields is standing up for feminism. I mean, she took a shot, a legitimate swipe at Sergey Kovalev. You know, boxing keeps, you know, existing in its Neanderthal stage. You know, women's mm-hmm. boxing is alive and well, and it, it's thriving. You know, the, the boxers mm-hmm. like Clarissa Shields, Nicola Adams, they're trying to advance women's boxing. Right. Heather Hardy, Amanda Serrano, Lou DiBella, yeah. Steven Espinosa. It's not just women, it's for the females. So mm-hmm. the guy's got to, you know, we have to get out of this Donald Trump locker room talk, you know, not nonsense. Yes. You got to watch what you say. And the thing that bothers me about Paul That's right. Is he's surrounded by a lot of talented females. You know, the main event is almost exclusively yes. females. Kathy Dube and Jolene Mazzone. This press tour existed for a while. You know, Kovalev had a few days to think about what he was going to say, and he still said what he said. And granted, you know, when a fighter wants to say something, you can't necessarily control him. I hope Kathy and Nicole Duva, you know, proud feminists, they, you know, pulled them aside afterwards. Hey, you can't say stuff like, you know, the things you're saying. Maybe they just didn't pay it any mind. They didn't take offense to it. But I, I applaud the rest of Shields for standing up and, you know, calling Sergey Kovalev out for his uh, sexist remarks. Uh, I'm, you know, I've been traveling, and I'm kind of lost in the <laughs> sauce right now. What the hell did he say? Oh, um. He was just making comments about Andre Ward's lack of punch and power that he slaps like a woman. And, you know, Clarissa uh, Shields you know, was the first one to say, hey, I'm a, I'm a female boxer, and I damn sure don't slap like a woman. And, you know, the, the abridged version that, you know, she can't wait for uh, Andre Ward to kick his ass again, which didn't actually happen last year, but, you know, point taken. Yeah. And, and so funny, you should, you, should, you should bring that up. My latest that I penned this morning for Black Sports Online. So if you go to Black Sports Online or check my timeline, you can read my piece. I just want Sergey Kovalev to stop saying things that – how many times do you have to say something and then go back and say, you know what, I misunderstood, it's cultural, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, before you just right. steer clear from the subject. Just steer clear yeah. from the subject altogether. If you feel that you can't fully form exactly what you want to articulate, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not so arrogant to think that his English should be perfect when he's not an American-born person. Just, you know, call a friend, phone a friend and say, you know what, is this cool? Can you check the temperature on this before I say this? I'm not going to yeah, say exactly. anything I'm sweeping about different ethnic groups because then then I'm being like a bigot. So, come on, right. yeah. do better. I, I was going to say the same thing, you know, because I, I took a shot at Michael Yormark. I mean, I thought he was a dick for, you know, making fun of Kovalev's English on, you know, on yeah, the absolutely. press show where he tried absolutely. to speak English because he spoke Russian because he's more comfortable than Yormark, you know, jumped in, you know, made comments about his broken English. So I yeah. applaud Sergey for trying to speak English, but again, it's mm-hmm. like you said, you know, we had a translator on tour. So before you grab right. the mic, hey, hey uh, this is what I want to say. Can I say this? And the problem he keeps running into, he's making remarks, and then his past history is being brought up. I mean, he's already on record saying, you know, women belong at the home. Then he kind of, you know, backtracked on that, but still said he's not a fan of women's boxing. So mm-hmm. when you have that history and then you make a comment like that, it just gets magnified further. So I just hope his team, you know, reminds him, you know, hey, for the next two months, just keep your butt in the gym and, you know, just concentrate on fighting. We'll do the talking for you. Exactly. And if anybody asks you, just say, next question. And be there you go. No it. comment. You, you no, know, no comment about, is talking, an answer. It's a legitimate yeah. answer. <laughs> talking about the press tour, um, yes. there just doesn't seem to be like a whole lot of buzz for the rematch. I mean, 
They went to New York. They went to L.A. And where else did they go? They went somewhere else. Uh-oh. And I just didn't see a lot. I didn't see a lot of coverage or a lot of media just not being invited. Or is it just really weird because Rock Nation has taken the lead on this? What? It feels yeah. weird. Well, I'm going Jake, to say, if, from if your perspective, go ahead and give least, your perception, yeah. Jake, and then I'll tell you I, what it was I, like out here. I'm sorry, I'm sorry for jumping in, Phil, but I will say if Main Events was at least the co-promoter or the lead promoter, this would have been handled a lot better. They're professionals. They know how to run a press store. Rock Mason just still has this ego that, you know, they can dictate to everyone, and they can tell people, you know, a day before a fight is coming up, hey, my guy is fighting. You need to care about it. You know, they, they need to plant the seeds well in advance, you know, in order to get people to care, because in case they didn't check the numbers from last November, a lot of people didn't care about the fight. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a pound-for-pound showdown, but it was on pace of you people didn't want to pay for it, and now you're telling people they got to pay for it again. Yeah, you lowered the price $10, but now your ticket prices are, you know, almost double for the cheapest seats, the $200 mm-hmm. more for the most expensive seats. So you're asking people to put down good money. You better make people care, and they're not doing a good job of that. So right now I would say there's as much interest in the rematch as there was in the first fight, which is not a good thing. They're banking on the whole, oh, the first fight was controversial, so more people are going to care about the rematch. Like you said, Aubrey, it's not showing up in the three-city press tour. The shame of it is, you got a guy like Andre Ward that a lot of people hate on. I, I think a lot of it is unjustified. I get it. You know, he rubs people the wrong way. But you look at his life. I mean, this guy is like the perfect role model. If you're looking for an athlete to look up to, mm-hmm. Andre Ward is the perfect fit. You know, he hasn't lost a fight yeah. in uh, more than 20 years. He lives a clean life. And, you know, he does it because he wants people to look at him and say, you know, this is where I am. If you're going to look up to me, you know, he knows what he's representing. I have all the respect in the world for Andre Ward. I don't have to agree with everything the man says. He doesn't have to agree with everything everyone else says. The guy is, you know, to me, he's a great role model. I wish a lot more people liked him. You know, he's not the most exciting partner, but he's a great athlete. I I just think over the past couple of years, he has become a little bitter. And I think that's maybe... The issue, because I, you know, I've always liked Andre Ward too, and we've always been a fan of his. And but yeah. lately, he's just been really, really bitter, and it's really hard to like really gravitate and attach to someone that has such a chip on their shoulder. Whether he likes to admit it or not, I think the media finally did catch up to him, and all the negativity I think did finally, you know, catch up. Where it's like, man, I don't want to talk to everybody anymore. I don't want to be out there. You know, he's kind of got a chip, I think, on his shoulder. No, I, I, I agree completely with that, too. I, I, but he's also on camera, too. Like, you know, when he's asked questions, it's like when you give an answer, it's like three different reporters yeah. can take it three different ways. And, you know, he's, he's calling people out on it, too. He's like, well, he's like, you know, this is what I said to you, and this is what you wrote. He's like, so now I'm not going to answer your questions anymore. I mean, you know, Terrence Crawford oh. has done the same thing. He, you know, people have yeah. you know, the absolute wrong things about him. He grew wise to it. There's not a lot of people in the media he talks to anymore. His career is not suffering, though. So maybe I'm mm-hmm. um, where, you know, he feels like, you know, he doesn't necessarily need boxing. You know, Rock Nation, I'm sure, has, you know, plenty of sponsorship opportunities for him. That's why he joined Rock Nation. So mm-hmm. maybe he feels like he could literally afford to, get, to be better. You know, it's not rubbing off the box office, but maybe he doesn't care. But the problem is Rock Nation needs to care if they want to make money off of, you know, their athletes' events. Any idea how the undercard is shaping up? Um, the cold feature, to my knowledge, is supposed to be a great 122-pound uh, matchup between undefeated Guillermo uh, Rigambiel. And uh, Chucky Flores, that's a fight that's been mm. rescheduled I don't know how many times, but to my knowledge, that is supposed to be the, uh, the co-feature bout. So, again, if main events had more of a stake in the event than just Kovalev, you know, we probably would have seen at least one of their fighters on the undercard. But I guess, you know, because it's two months away, they're not going to start shaping up the undercard quite yet. But Rigam the uh, Flores, I, I would say, you know, there's a, at least a 90% chance that will be the co-feature. Good grief. I hope they're keeping an eye on their little young guys. You know, I kept the, I keep an eye on some of their younger fighters that we interviewed when we were out in Vegas during the first fight. So we'll hopefully we'll see yeah. some of them 
head well, out hey, on the let me plant this seed. I mean, Clarissa Shields, she made her pro debut on the, uh, you know, it was actually mm-hmm. on the preview portion. It wasn't yeah. on the pay-per-view portion, on the preview portion. Yeah. You know, now she's already beefed with, with Kovalev. Why not put it, her on the on the court? I mean, you know, she actually did yeah. reduce the numbers for, uh, you know, the first ever female fighter to have on a It was a, a good fight, fight, too. Yeah, she is very entertaining. Most women's boxing fights that wind up on TV are very entertaining. You know, networks need to stop looking at it as a novelty and be like, hey, fans, you know, when they're in the ring, fans are paying attention. Yeah. You know, plus she's a two-time Olympic gold medal. She's earned the right to get that exposure. Let's put her on. You know, she's wisely a free uh, agent. No reason why she shouldn't say, be on the court. I will say I'm going to take a knock here. The only one who has not really impressed me or did not have a super-duper fight was Marlena Sparza. <laughs> and there's a lot of hype behind her. I mean, you know, we don't want yeah, to too much. Too much hype. So that's, too yeah, much. she, uh, unfortunately, you know, I'm not going to kill her too much. There are certain female fighters that kind of develop an analogy after the women's boxing, which needs to go away. I'm going to keep paying attention to Clarissa Shields, Amanda Serrano, Heather Hardy, uh, Nicola Adams. You know, those are the ones that are really trying to, you know, carry the torch for the sport. And, of well, course, hey. on the men's side, Lou Bell and Steven Espinosa, and, you know, now Frank Warren, they're all getting involved. You know, they're not mm-hmm. just it, – it's not just a novelty act to throw their undercard. These guys are all the way behind it. So, and, you know, they deserve some props, too. Yes, they absolutely do. Well, Jakey, Jakey, it's always <laughs> a pleasure to be with you. We know you have to get on the road. Remember to follow Jake Jake in the box on Twitter. And shout your site out one more time, Jake, where they can follow up your illustrious writing. Uh, fightnights.com. All right. Yeah, you mentioned that well, other website before. That I, you know, we we, we can't talk about that anymore. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, so, no, I, ah. so I love the boxing scene. I'm just joking. I, I love the no, boxing scene for Keith Eidick, Rick Reno, and all the writers. Well, that are actually, real. Uh, look, and I must be honest. Why Jake the fuck are you lying? <laughs> I'm sorry. Just oh, my finger slipped. My finger slipped. <laughs> Listen, Jake has written like 50 articles at fightnights.com. So. You have to, you know, go follow FightNights.com, visit the website, because Jake is putting all the articles and the content and the interview. It's all over there now. So definitely, you know, check out FightNights.com. All right. Thank you very much for that, R.B. Always a pleasure. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, <laughs> all right let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with more Morning Function Show. If you want the best, BoxStats beats the rest. BoxStats is the best boxing app for all you boxing enthusiasts and professional boxers. Perform a quick search and get all the info you want and need. BoxStats, available on the Apple App Store. Download it for free today. BoxStats, know your opponent. All right, we are back. (laughs) We're back. Oh, man, that was so fun. We love having Jake Donovan on the show. He loves riding with us, literally riding with us on the morning punching show. Jake works for Pepsi, and he drives one of them big Pepsi trucks, and that is exactly how he comes on the morning show, on the clock, boxing talk, while he's grinding. Shout out, Jake Donovan. Um, Yes, sir. I want to put it out there to everyone that um, it is a new year, and we have new early bird sponsorship packages. So if you want to get your local business, your products, your services. If you want it aired on the Morning Punching Show, make sure you hit up me or Jay, and we That's can right. send you packages, and uh, we can customize things to fit your needs, your objectives, your budget. We have packages that start as low as $40. So if you want to get your name out there, your brand out there, your apparel, your clothing line, your glove, whatever it is that you have, if you feel like we have the right demographic for you, then we want to help you push your business and bring you new customers the return on investment, you will see it in less than a month. Believe that. So um, 
we will totally get behind and endorse your brand and your product. So hit us up if you're looking to get this type of exposure and visibility. Uh, we could even send you our numbers and our demographic and our analytics if you don't believe us. Holla. Yes, this this uh, is not a joke. Not a game over here. Not a game. Even if we do uh, giggle. Okay. I got so much critique for that tank interview that we did with my giggling. But how about it was funny, though. Right. It was funny. Here's the I'm thing that I don't understand that drove me crazy about that. If you listen to the Morning Pungeon show, you're full aware of what type of show you're tuning into. You're not going to tune into the Morning Pungeon show in here. So tell me what you think about camp. Right. What do you think about your trainer? We are fun. We are a light show. We have a good time. We're still informative. And we drop true boxing information that can be verified and usually spins off into additional stories as soon as yep. we go off the air. So and, enjoy. Sit down and enjoy. And how, about, and how about we like it to be conversational? We had some people say, oh, it sounds like y'all are just like on a three-way call. We are. We are. And that's exactly <laughs> what the hell? how we want it yeah. to sound. We want it to be conversational. And that is why fighters like to call our show and talk to us. And they hit us up all the time wanting to come on because they know they could just be themselves. They know that exactly. they can come on. They can laugh. They could drop a hot 16. They could do. They could be whatever they want on the Morning Punching Show. And that's what the show is all about. It's about having some fun and keeping it light. Boxing is already shitty enough that we yeah. don't need to give you all a shitty podcast. So, right. And it's yeah. about the fighters. It's not about us. If, we, right. if you want to listen to those same old questions, you could just wait until media where you can watch any ABC <laughs> video and hear those same questions. But if you want to know about your favorite fighter, all those things you sit when you're having wings, watching a fight, going, I wonder if he like wings too. That's what we're going to ask. That's what we want to know. We want to know the person because I think people forget these fighters are people with families and lives and things that they're putting at stake. And we want to shine the light on who these guys really are in addition to what they have coming up in the ring. And that's what we got cracking over here. I know that's right. Yep. Uh, so a lot of you guys have been also asking us to get Earl Spence back on the show. Mm. We are working on that. So mm-hmm. um, stay tuned. We're going we're gonna to get him back on before his, before his fight with Kel Brook. Anyway, in case you missed it, let's move on. Canelo yes. Chavez. They had a conference call last week. Jay, I know you weren't on it, but it was a hilarious, hilarious phone call. Canelo really does not like this guy, y'all. Like, when I tell you the animosity is real, Canelo does not like Chavez Jr., not one little bit. He called him everything from a cheater to a liar to an imposter. He said all Chavez fans come from his dad. He's an embarrassment. He tested dirty twice. I mean, Canelo was in his bag. And the funny thing is, is that they were, um, you know, the the English translator, the Spanish translator was being really nice when they were like, you know, translating what Canelo was saying. But I was giving it to people raw. Like Canelo was coming (laughs) raw in Spanish. Like he was not, oh, being all nice. Like, nah, I'm like, I will translate for you guys. He was coming for the jugular. Um, Chavez feels that Canelo is just jealous of him. You know, because of his, who his dad is. But uh, anyway, this. Oh, sorry, there was a little noise there. This event is still the hottest ticket. Okay, the event is sold out. I think there's some, you know, like third parties that are selling tickets for, you know, some really astronomical prices. They did release that the MGM is um, going to put out some new closed circuit locations. 
So stay tuned for that. I think it's your only chance of catching the fight in Vegas at this point is yes, closed circuit. And it's a two, it's a, it's a going to be a great event. It's going to be super duper live. Two Mexican fighters, single day mile weekend. It's going to be on fire in Vegas. I'm looking forward to being there with you, RB. Yes, me too. Me too. Um, I do know that the New York, New York Hotel Casino is going to have a closed circuit and the Mirage Casino. So those are the two that I know of so far. So you guys could uh, check online more for that. Uh, anyway, Keith Thurman has resurfaced. You know, he went away for like two weeks after his fight with Danny Garcia. I think he went to Asia. He loves traveling. And he came back talking about, I want Manny Pacquiao. I'll pick a date, pick a location. That's who I want next. I said, woo. Okay, bro. When they can play the flute. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay, but I'm not mad at Keith Thurman. He wants those big, high-profile fights. That's a good fight. If they can make it happen, talk that talk, Keith Thurman. If you want a big fight, call it out. Let's do it. Okay, so I have to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. Every time we've had Keith on the show, he has told <laughs> us that he does not want to be a pay-per-view fighter. I he want to fight on free TV. Right. I want millions of people to see me. Well, if you fight Manny Pacquiao, homeboy, it's going to be on pay-per-view. So are we going to be okay with that? Nah. <laughs> Unless he wants to fight and like, no, even then it'll still be on pay-per-view. He'll have to go down to Macau or something. Maybe he was out there scouting. I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to drop that tea. He was on vacation. But you're oh, absolutely yeah. right. You can go back and listen to a couple of our interviews with Keith Thurman. He said very clear that he wants to fight on free TV when he was fighting uh, was it Sean Porter? He said it was the Super Bowl mm-hmm. of boxing. And the Super Bowl is on free TV. So we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, finally, Anthony Joshua Klitschko has found a home for their fight, mm-hmm. and it landed on Showtime. So Showtime is going to air Joshua Klitschko live, and HBO gets the delayed telecast. So they apparently found a way to play nice because it took long enough. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's what it is. We could watch it on Showtime and then you could watch the replay on HBO. I sure would have liked to have seen that final number. They had to drop down to get the, the rights to broadcast it first. Steven Espinosa, can we hold some money? Good grief. You outbid HBO for a Klitschko fight? Amazing. Amazing. If anybody can get us some receipts, I, I like receipts. Well, guess who says he's going to be ringside and he's calling out the winner of Joshua Klitschko. Tor Hamer. <laughs> no. And okay. it ain't ba- baby, big baby Miller, whatever his name is. Oh, Deontay Wilder. He said he's going to be oh. there ringside and he is calling out the winner of this fight. And he has made it very clear that he, that he's going to do this. Wow. Bomb squad in the building over with Joshua and Klitschko. That's going to be, that's amazing. In reality, oh, I don't know. Maybe we are going to get this fight sooner than we think. If Joshua beats Klitschko, they both fight on Showtime. Ooh-wee. Where do we even put the? Well, obviously, that fight will be in England. RB, we better start saving our money now. <laughs> we need more sponsors. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, listen, before we get Christina Poncher on the line, she's going to be calling in here in about five minutes. We're going to talk about the big top-ranked card in L.A. this weekend called The Future mm-hmm. of Boxing. Uh, Oscar Valdez is headlining, and actually, I like that fight with Mariaga. It's a 50-50 fight, but we'll we'll talk to Christina more about the card and everything going on there. But I want to drop the word on the card before we get the word on the curb before oh. we get to Christina. Okay, you ready for this? 
everybody listening. I'm giving everybody a second to tune in. Here we go. All right. When Ward Kovalev was announced, it was dubbed the rematch. I'm sorry. It was dubbed No Excuses. Remember? And we all thought that that was like a really cool name. Like it made sense, right? No Excuses, Kovalev Ward 2. Perfect. Well, this is what happened. Now you see it's being, it's being called the rematch. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I thought it was called No Excuses. Why are we now calling it something so generic like the rematch? Well, here's what happened. Uh, apparently, Rock Nation named the event without checking to see if it was trademarked. No Excuses is trademarked already. So they kind of jumped mm. the gun, pulled the gun. You know, the rookies that they are. Um, and they got into some trouble, and they had to change the name. And that's why it's now called The Rematch. Wow. Wow, I didn't even know you could trademark something like that. Rookie. Oh, yeah. Duh. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Ooh, that's, that's, yes. that's, a, that's a faux pas in planning. But now we have The Rematch. Uh, I wish I had my little sound effect that I usually drop my little prices right loser horn, but I don't have that one. But oh, uh, that's too bad. That's unfortunate. Yeah. But here got, we are. I got one more piece of word on the curve for you guys that I got this morning. ESPN's deal with PBC is gone. Mm-hmm. It is over. And Aww. lawsuits are now being filed by both parties. So not only is ESPN Ooh. filing a lawsuit against Al Heyman, but Al Heyman slapped them with a lawsuit. So this is going to get very ugly very soon. And um, we're, I, I want to try to grab that guy. Who was the guy that came on our show you, before, Jay? That, you, just, that, you just read my mind. As you said that, I yeah. was just looking him up on Twitter. MMA analytics, Paul Gift. We, we got to get Paul on the line to give us more information on this. But I literally just got it like 15 minutes before the show went down. So we're going to try to get with Paul to bring you guys more information, uh, maybe even get him on the phone next Monday to talk to us more about these lawsuits and what they read and what they're saying and why they are suing each other. But on the surface, you know, from the outside looking in, PBC was supposed to do some cards on there and they just didn't deliver. You know, they gave them a couple big shows and that was it. And And ESPN went and canceled Friday Night Fights for what? For what yeah. reason? Why did they cut every other promoter in the country off? So I'm sure yeah. that's why their lawsuit is in play. Like, yo, y'all promised us a certain amount of shows, paying a certain amount of money, and we, we're not getting it. Yes, indeed. This is going to be very, very interesting. Another lawsuit. So definitely we will reach out to Paul Gith from, um, from uh, over at uh, SB Nation their website, Bloody Elbow, bloodyelbow.com. We'll reach out to him and see what his thoughts are and his research on that, and we'll get back to you on that in a future show. So that should be very, very interesting. Why don't we take a – oh, do you have some more? Nope. I was going to say that is it for Word on the Curb. All righty. So our friend Christina Poncher should be calling in in just a moment, so why don't we take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with Miss Christina Poncher. If you want the best, Box Stats beats the rest. Box Stats is the best boxing app for all you boxing enthusiasts and professional boxers. Perform a quick search and get all the info you want and need. Box Stats, available on the Apple App Store. Download it for free today. Box Stats, know your opponent. And we are back, and it is such a pleasure to 
invite this this young woman onto our show. It feels so formal to to say it that way, but let's bring <laughs> on one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, one of the biggest best that boxing has to offer on the broadcast side, Miss Christina Poncher. Good morning, Christina. Good morning, ladies. The check is in the mail for that intro, Jay. That was perfect. <laughs> Thank you, because I'm broke, oh, chatting. I pay the cell phone bill. Thank you so much. You so I got much. you. What's good morning. Good, good morning. It's good to be morning. with you. It seems like it's been far too long. It has been. I miss you guys. I mean, I get to hear your voice, but it's not the same as seeing your face, that's for sure. I know. I know. We're, we're going to catch up this year. I'm sure we will. But you got this big fight card in L.A. this weekend. We were thinking this week, you know, who do we bring on for Hotline Bling, you know, to to talk about the show and and to be honest with you, me and Jay were like, oh, we, you know, we're, we're not really interested in talking to Andre Berto this week. And, you know, Top Rank's <laughs> got this big card. And we're like, Christina, hello. Right. Hello. Hello. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, we have a great card for the fans here in Southern California. I mean, the fans everywhere because it is, it is accessible through your cable provider uh, live on pay-per-view this Saturday. But the StubHub Center you got these three Mexican champions going in there uh, to give it all they got. I mean, there's something about fights at the StubHub Center. I mean, I'm never disappointed anytime I go to a fight there. And I'm not just saying that because it's top rank cards, but I've watched cards that I wasn't working and enjoyed myself very much there. So, um, headlined by Oscar Valdez uh, taking on Miguel Mariaga in what I think is going to be an excellent main event. Yeah, uh, no doubt these guys are going to go in there and bang. And you know, Mariaga is. In my, in my opinion, and, and Oscar, too, the, the toughest opponent. You know, it's not just one of those, oh, the next guy, this is, this is my hardest opponent because he's next. No. Without a mm-hmm. doubt, Miguel Mariaga is, could beat any of the guys that Oscar has beat already, in my opinion. Yep. It's so a great I think that's going to be a great call. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. And, um, you know, also on the card, uh, you have the return of Gilberto Sudo Ramirez, uh, a year off because of the hand injury. He's back to defend his title for the first time. Uh, against the tough Ukrainian in Burstak. And then you've got Jesse Magdaleno opening mm-hmm. the card, defending that strap he won against Donito Donaire. So people want to see if, if he has more, if he has another level. You know, sometimes after a guy is on a such high, winning a title against, uh, let's say, a guy like Donito, sometimes you catch him slipping on the next fight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, guy, they take the next guy not as serious, right? Because they're like, oh, I already got my strap. and He's not as... Uh, well known as my former opponent, so I, I'm I'm curious to see if he just comes out and takes care of business as he should in this fight. And then Shakur Stevenson, you guys know about him, and everyone's That's really right. excited to to see this this uh, big old smile, dimples. I mean, he's got yeah. he's got the, the the charisma, the look, the package. So let's see him turn pro, and he'll be the second fight on pay per view. Christina, is is Shakur really that way all the time? Because when we see him in pictures, I mean, he's always smiling and bubbly and happy. I'm like, how can he be a fighter? He just seems so nice all the time. Seriously. I mean, he, he's a sweetheart, and he's just living his dream. And I think he just exudes out of every part of his body. I mean, it's just he's been boxing since he was five years old. It's what he's always wanted to do. He's so anxious to turn pro. and. We were doing a live chat with him yesterday on Facebook, and he just sitting there in his room. He's just shadow boxing. Like every time he's sitting in the back of the car, he's shadow boxing. I mean, this kid like lives and breathes boxing, and he just he's he's cutting a little weight right now, so I can tell he's a little <laughs> a little skinnier, maybe a tad bit more. Tight, but this kid's gonna be a star. He's gonna be a star. 
Christina, when we look at these matchups on the card, you're going to be sitting in this week, obviously, on the fighter meetings to prepare for the broadcast next week. But you've been living and breathing with these guys since the card was announced and doing the press junkets and all of those things and interviewing them. What is the tone between the fighters? There seems like a, a lot of goodwill between the fighters, just preparation, focus, not a lot of trash talk. What's, it, what's the dynamic like between the gentlemen and each of these three in the triple header headlining fight? Yeah, I mean, I've obviously been uh, more on the side of the top-ranked guys. I mean, Mariaga has been training in Mexico. I haven't had a chance to see him. Bursak comes from Ukraine. Um, so the opponents, not as much. But with there just seem like it's kind of crazy. I feel like there's a calmness. And I don't know if that's uh, mm. confidence or it just seems everyone's very calm, very supportive of each other, very excited. But I, I, don't, I don't get anxiousness. I don't really even get crazy excitement. I just feel like they're mm. very calm and they're very confident. But you know what? That goes to speak, at least for Jesse and Oscar, in the demeanor of Manny Robles and how he carries himself. You know, he's mm. not an excitable, crazy, energy guy. He's just got this calm confidence, and I feel like his fighters are starting to um, exude that as they mature and as they get these big opportunities like fighting on a pay-per-view. So I just feel like they're ready, they're calm, and they're confident. And, and they're excited about being able to, to fight at Subhub, no doubt. They talk about that. But, um, you know, I, just, I get this just air of calmness and confidence from them. With Oscar Valdez, he's making his second defense of the title, I believe. This is uh, no his uh, no. This is about his no. third, third or fourth defense of the title. It's his second defense of the title. I'm pretty sure. I'll have to double double check my notes, but I remember uh, one, two. I think this is the second, the second title defense, the second or third. What's his calmness? Every time we see Oscar Valdez, every time I've had a chance to speak with him, he's been on the show with us. He's really cool, really down to earth, very committed to the sport. How is he seeing this opportunity to set the tone for the rest of his career? What's going to happen in the coming years? Has he expressed a thought like this is a coming out party for the West Coast? Or what's his what's his feeling heading into the fight with uh, Miguel Mariaga? Yeah, Jay, I think his feeling is uh, primarily, this is this is the toughest opponent that I've ever faced. And he's like, I looked in his mm. eyes and I saw it at the press conference. Like, I know. And very rarely mm. do you hear another fighter say, like, in another person's eyes and they see confidence. Usually they say, I looked in his eyes and he was scared. I looked in his eyes yeah. and he didn't want it. But he said, I looked in his eyes and I saw confidence. Like, he wants to become a world champion. You know, he had a shot against Nicholas Walters. Obviously, Walters didn't make weight. Mariaga lost the fight anyway. But this is a, he, he looks at Mariaga like, the hungriest fighter because he already had an opportunity to win a world title and he didn't get it. So now he's coming back for it. And he's, he's taking his training, you know, very seriously because of that. And he knows he's dangerous and says, look, I watch all my previous fights and I watch all the fighters that I'm going to fight. And I think Miguel Mariaga beats Kratovich. He beats, you know, any of the guys I fought, Mariaga takes them down. And that's how serious I am. And girl, if you saw at the press conference when we announced the fight, which was like two months ago, Mariaga lifts up his shirt and he's ripped. Like six, wow. eight, ten pack, you know, like this dude is not playing around. Like he is coming yeah. for that strap, and Oscar knows it. Oscar knows it. So I'm excited. And now we get a chance also to see Gilberto Ramirez back in the ring after some time off, like you mentioned, with the hand injury. Super middleweight division, a lot of focus on that division, especially over on the HBO side of town. We got other people who've discussed moving up in weight. Has Zerto mm-hmm. this? Has he had to sidestep a lot of questions about what happens after this fight? Has he been able to yes. kind of keep people on task with, with that hand? No. 
nobody cares about who this dude is fighting in this fight. All they want to know. <laughs> and I mean, and, I, and that's, don't, don't tell my boss that I said that. But ultimately, everyone wants to know what's next. Okay, this is his comeback fight, you know, from having a year off. You know, he should beat this guy, you know. Uh, but look, uh, the winner of Canelo Chavez has been dropped. Triple G has been dropped. I mean, there is a lot. And obviously, those guys, you know, fighting, you know, who knows if it would be a catch weight or, or, or what would happen um, as far as them coming to 168. But um, I think it's been really hard for him to just say, and he mm. keeps telling you, oh, well, I'm just focused on this fight. I'm just focused on this fight. But everybody knows that it's that big payday, it's that bigger fight, it's that step up and, you know, take on mm-hmm. another champ type fight that, that's probably coming next. Uh, another guy that has been calling him out. Uh, Jesse Hart, after Jesse Hart mm-hmm. won his fight uh, two weekends ago uh, in Maryland, he reaches over the ropes and yells at all the media and the broadcasters, give me Ramirez, give me Ramirez, <laughs> just like that. You okay, know Jesse. And RB, so he said, give me Why Ramirez for, so exactly. he said, I'm, I'm, I said after the fight in the post-fight interview, I said, are you, so I expect to see you in Carson April 22nd. He said, I'm going to be right there ringside, and I'm calling him out in person. Oh, so, oh shoot. Let me have my popcorn and my camera ready. And now, welcome. I'd be like, huh? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's, our, <laughs> you're, you're He's someone in your weight class. But, you know, we got to keep him focused on the task at hand. And then, of course, we've got Jesse Magdaleno. Of the, when you look at the, the three guys who are headlining this card, they're all three going to be in great fights. What do you think could be the show stealer Saturday night? I mean, I, 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 it's cliche, but I think the main event is the best matchup. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about Magdalena's opponent so, in Dos Santos, mm-hmm. so unless I, uh, I'll be watching a little more tape on him before Saturday comes. But I think that the the main event in this fight is not always the case. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is an undercard fight that that will steal the show, but I think it's the main event in this one for sure. I agree, mm-hmm. uh, Christina. I think it's a fifty fifty fight. I think it is the best fight on the card. Valdez Mariaga. That's the fight I'm looking forward to. I, well, I, I, I feel like there's a, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, RB. No, I'm no, sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to see if Mariaga has another level than what we saw against Walters. I was, like, a little disappointed in that performance. And I know mm-hmm. Walters was, you know, 30 pounds heavier than he probably was the day before. <laughs> but yeah. I just, I, I just, I, I feel like there's maybe another level. And if it's anything like some of these videos from camp that I've seen, uh, we're, we're in for a good one, that's for sure. Have, so I know you've been to Manny Robles' gym a couple times. Have you ever seen Oscar and Jesse spar? I assume that they're sparring partners and they, they work with each other. Okay, so they have sparred like two or three times, but they go so ham that Manny Robles is like, no more, no ah. more, because their competitive juices just get flowing and um, they don't back down, you know, and so he doesn't want them to get hurt or whatever, and it's all out of – trying to make each other better. There's no bad blood between them at all. But he, he had seen enough of it. Frank Espinosa, the manager, is looking over like, that's it, no more. <laughs> like, no uh, more. That's good, that's good. No, no more. So they smart a little bit um, earlier in camp, right around when the fight was announced. But uh, they, they've gone their separate ways in terms of sparring partners as, as they, you know, honed in yeah. on the fight date. But their sparring was so good. Like, I mean, we can make that fight. I don't know if it's ever <laughs> Oh, right. They 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 do not back down. It, once one makes a mistake, the other capitalizes on it. And um, if, if that that's probably been better than a lot of the fights that I've watched. You, you know, about a year and a half ago or so, when Oscar Valdez fought in Tucson, 
um, I went into the back and I said, you know, who are some guys that you'd like to fight? And it's funny because he did say Jesse Magdaleno. But now they train with the same guy, so that's probably not possible. But about a year and a half ago, he's like, I'd love to fight Jesse Magdaleno. Well, he got the oh, farm. Cool. Like I said, that was better than some of the fights that I've seen. So he, he got, yeah. they got their licks in, so that was good. Before we before we finish up with you, Christina, are there any top rank matches looming in the in, in the shadows that we haven't seen yet that you can reveal to us, or no. is Uncle, is Uncle Bob giving us some secrets? You know what you can actually Damn, tell us. We, we don't want you to get fired because we need you to work. But yeah, I need to work too. I got bills to pay too. But you yeah. know what? As they tell me, you know, I I know a lot of things before they come out, but. Uh, They've kind of taken that mentality as a, we're not in the business of breaking the news, right? They kind of mm. yeah, yeah. handle the business. But um, you'll see Lomachenko again soon, uh, possibly oh, against somebody that he may have fought before, um, maybe. So mm-hmm. that maybe, maybe. And um, yeah, Pacquiao Horn, here we go. No, <laughs> oh, are you well, going to Australia? <laughs> Are you going to Australia for God, that? I, I, I believe so. I think we're going. I mean, I think they're going to play go harder this time. Girl, come on, get in my bag and let's go. Cause, <laughs> you know, well, um, I'm going to watch some Outback commercials and learn how to speak Australian, right? That's what they talk <laughs> about. Goodbye, how Mike. To speak Australian. <laughs> <laughs> so, but That's yeah, awesome. I mean, there's, there's some stuff in the works, but, um, but yeah, you know how we do. So I'm going to let the new yeah, people, like, so, like so you guys, be- put that out. So it'll yeah. it'll be busy. We could at least say that there's some good stuff coming down the pipeline. Things are going to be busy. Oh, oh for sure. And, and maybe okay, even good. Um, another way for fans to be able to, to see top-ranked fights. You know, it's been really hard with, with the cable networks trying to get dates, which causes stuff to go on pay-per-view because we got to keep our yeah. guys active. But there may be some things in the works where, where they'll see our fighters a lot more often. I'll just leave it at that. Great. That's great news. Alrighty, so for those of you listening in to Christina, remember the fight goes down this Saturday at the Stub Hub Arena in Carson, California. Come out. You can see your girl Jay. Tickets you can buy still me a available. Beer. Yes. Tickets still $25. available. $25. That's right. $25. You can purchase them at AXS.com or you can dial 888-9-AXS-TIX or you can get them at the Stub Hub box office. But You'll probably want to get them ahead of time because by the time you get there, you won't get the seat you want. A great night of fight, a great commentator, and I look forward to seeing you on Saturday, Christina. Thank you. And one more quick note, uh, broadcast team, we have Tim Bradley and Jesse Vargas uh, both oh, on no. the broadcast team. So let's see how Really? That- <laughs> You're going to sit between <laughs> them, right? Wow. That's a little bit of news for you. Yeah, you, better be wear some head ge- you better wear some headgear, girl. girl I, they got us separated. I got Jesse Vargas backstage in the locker rooms with me, and they got Tim Bradley at the table, so they should be good. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's, I'm hey, going to get you, you some. Hold on. Now that I'm going to get Christina some Bradley. Yeah. Now, now that you brought up Tim Bradley, I actually asked Carl Moretti about him a couple of days ago. Where's Tim Bradley? What is he doing? Is he just chilling? Oh, you know what? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's not chilling in terms of not staying busy because uh, him and his wife, Monica, opened a restaurant. They started oh. managing some fighters. Uh, Monica mm. signed a few more That's fighters. Nice. So that he's kind of um, taking them down by the rock gym. He was there not too long ago with, with his fighters. He was fired. So he's kind of getting his, his feet wet on the business side of things. I do expect Good another fight from him. I just don't know when it's going to be. But um, they, got, okay. they got, you know, they keep five different hustles in their pockets. So they, they got a lot going on out there. I, don't I know, like right? that. 
I like yeah. that. They got a, a, a pokey restaurant. You know, that's popping out here in California. If people don't know, that's that, you know, raw fish, sushi, pokey. What's the name oh. of the restaurant, Christina? Ah, I can't remember. Shoot, I wish I knew it because I would plug it for Monica. But it, it's out there um, where they live in the Rancho Mirage, Palm Springs area. But it's a pokey restaurant, like a pokey fusion. So it has an Asian type Ooh, nice. flavor. So, you know. Awesome. Yeah, but. Yeah. Well, thank you. But I'll well, let you guys you, know. you know, we could talk forever. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. All right. Well, that's great. We look forward to seeing you Saturday. Remember to watch the car. Christina Poncher, always a pleasure to talk to you. Earned your feet at the table, honey. And just in case. Thank you so much. Just thank in case. Thank you so much. Forgot. Just in case. <laughs> Let them know. Gotta we got to pop up and re- remind everybody every once in a while. Hey, sometimes <laughs> you got to go a little bit Malcolm so they respect your Martin. You know, remember. Thank that. you very much. <laughs> I love y'all. Thank you so much for having me. All right. All All right. Take care. Talk to you soon. We'll take a quick commercial break and we will wrap it up for this Tuesday morning. If you want the best, Fox Stats beats the rest. Fox Stats is the best boxing app for all you boxing enthusiasts and professional boxers. Perform a quick search and get all the info you want and need. Fox Stats available on the Apple App Store. Download it for free today. Fox Stats, know your opponent. All right, and we are back to close out this Tuesday edition of the Morning Punch and Show. Remember, we will be back at our normal time next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific time. But before we wrap up the day, let's go ahead and give you the weekend fight schedule beginning on the 21st on Unamas from Kissimmee, Florida, headlined by Christopher Diaz versus Jose Estrella with Juan Carlos Rivera versus Jesus Pacheco in the co-main event. You can catch that one on Unamas. On on Saturday night, we didn't even talk about this fight, but it is happening on Saturday night from New York on Showtime and Show Extreme. Sean Porter versus Andre Berto in a WBC welterweight eliminator. That should be a great fight, so make sure you check it out. Jermel Charlo versus Charles Hatley for Charlo's WBC junior middleweight title in the co-main event. And also Amanda Serrano versus Dahite. Dahayana Santana for the vacant WBO women's bantamweight title. So that's going to be a great card happening over in New York at the Barclays Center. So if you're out in New York, make sure you go check it out. And also happening here, as we just mentioned with Christina Poncher, on top rank pay-per-view after Valdez versus Miguel Mariaga for Valdez's WBO featherweight title. Gilberto Ramirez versus Max Bursick for Ramirez's WBO super middleweight title. Shakur Stevenson making his pro debut against Edgar Brito. Jesse Magdaleno versus Ido Sendo Santos for Magdaleno's WBO junior featherweight title. Also, Chia Santana, friend of the show. He'll be on the card as well, so make sure you get to the Subhub Arena early so you can see all of these great fights. Also happening on integrated um, sports pay-per-view, Arthur Abraham is fighting Robin Krisnacki, for the WB in a WBO super middleweight eliminator with so much happening in the super middleweight division, that could be a fight to keep an eye on. And that's about it. Um, there's oh, one more title Ooh. fight happening. Um, also on Saturday night, Kurtzide, Aventando Kurtzide, who is Philly based, isn't he? He's a the guy based out of Philly who gave, um, yeah, the kids that work. Antoine Douglas. Uh, yeah, that's right. Antoine Douglas. And he, yeah. He's going to be fighting down. against. He, that's a tough dude. He's going to be fighting Tommy Langford over in England for the vacant WBO interim middleweight title. So that is the weekend fight schedule. Yeah, Thank a lot of a lot of maneuvers. 
a lot of maneuvering happening in the boxing world to set up these title fights. And these sound like some good matchups, some good opponents. So nobody will be phoning it in unless they sidestep or pay some money. Yeah, I knew nothing about that fight. Uh, anyway, I think we could close off. We appreciate everyone for listening today. Make sure you visit badculture.net, raisinbabe.com, blacksportsonline.com as well. Thank you, Jay, for always being the amazing host that you are. Jake Donovan, Christina Poncher, mad love. Catch us every Monday morning. We'll be back next Monday, 8 to 9. It's the Morning Punch and Show. Have a great day. It's a wrap. <laughs>